Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben Dua from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. And I am on with Luxman, who is the co-founder of a company called Outplay. And I think that we have an expert on the line here because he has effectively built a technology uh, for empowering sales development representatives, SDRs, as we might call them. Sometimes we call them CDRs. And it's, uh, it's all about the engagement. It's all about creating an outbound system that drives engagement and ultimately more bookings and more conversions, more revenue. Um, so in this in this conversation, we're going to kind of guide you on setting up uh, an outbound sales system. Now, we're, we're going to make this agnostic. So there's obviously a lot of technology out there that you can use and you can kind of piece together stuff based on your budget, based on your needs. Um, Luxman, if you could, could if you could please start with a bio on yourself and then let's get into the topic. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Hey guys, uh, my name is Lakshman. You can just call me Lax. Uh, so as Robin said, I'm uh, the co-founder and CEO at Outplay. Uh, we're a two-year-old company uh, in the sales engagement space. And as I said, there are a lot of other players in the place, but we are here to make a difference in what's existing in the system. And what we ideally help the companies is to streamline their inbound and outbound strategy on how you go after once you get a lead. How will you make sure that you book a meeting and then you eventually close the lead? The whole engagement piece is what we help you with. Mm. Okay, got it. And then, what would you say the biggest problems right now uh, that that your that your clients are facing? Like when it comes to outbound sales, what are the the main struggles that people have? Is it is it setting stuff up? Is it connecting all the pipes? Is it getting people to close? What would you say those are? Oh yeah, so there are a couple of things to it, right? So if we look at the top two or three problems, uh, so the the first one is obviously once you have a list of data in place, how will you go after your leads, right? Mm. So gone are those days where uh, you've set up a simple email, merge, merge, or kind of a sequence and then leave it up to the system. So right now, everything is human, like people wants to buy from people. And uh, it's not just email. You have to be active on email, social like LinkedIn, and uh, you have to be active on your phone, text messages, and video emails. It's not just the text emails, but you're like kind of giving the personalized emails using tools like Dub, right? So it's a truly multi-channel approach is what missing on. A lot of sales teams that still not have adopted that. Uh, they're still either stuck to only phone or only to email. So that's the biggest change that we see in the market right now. People are trying to move to a multi-channel approach, uh, which will give you the better response rates. And the next thing is to really identify the right message. Right. So if you have a team of five salespeople, obviously you ha- always have one top rep. And how can you clone that rep? As simple as you clone your sequence, how mm-hmm. can you close that and make sure all the four people on your team perform like your top rep? Mm. And this is something to do with the data and then the technology that should help you do that. And your sales manager can't alone do this job. Got it. Well, my, my question always goes back to how, to we, how do we add 
personalization to to our efforts? How do we make it so that the people on the other side really feel like we're genuinely uh, customizing and caring for their their struggle and addressing those within the body of the email, within the value proposition? Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, so that's a, that's a really important piece. Uh, other than the multi-channel approach, the personalization is the really key, considering that everyone else is doing obviously the same similar type of outreach, right? So you really have to spend a good amount of time trying to going through the LinkedIn profile of your prospect, uh, going through their website, their funding, whether they are hiring or not, do they got any new recognitions, right? Or they hire a new VP of sales. You have to really go through I and mean, just spending five minutes or less than five minutes will help you find one such personalization. And all you have to do is even our sales reps do the stuff. If you spend two to five minutes on LinkedIn profile, you should be able to find at least two, three different elements to personalize, which you can personalize not just in your first email, but you can use it across your sequence. Right. And adding to video voicemails, phone calls, and all that obviously makes a lot of difference. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is so important what you just said is doing the research, taking the time, taking the five minutes to actually do the research to understand what that person is about, to understand their title, their position, their backstory, things that they've accomplished, so that our messaging can really speak to them. One of the things that we always reckon that, recommend that people do is to do a screen video of someone's website or someone's LinkedIn profile and include that in your message. Because if someone sees a thumbnail of their LinkedIn profile or of their website for a video, like an animated GIF, they're gonna, they're gonna click on it out of curiosity. And that's where you can compel them and show them that you're thinking about them. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. A lot of things on LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn has become like, a, 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 you can do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn when it, when it comes to personalizations. And the least, if you don't find anything, you can scroll till to the top, I mean, till to the end of the screen, and then you can find the recommendation section, mm. right? So if you're reaching out to VP sales who got a recommendation from a CEO of a company, he worked for like five years ago or something, it's, it's a good thing for them to take them back to the all, all the way along to the five years and see, hey, this is what your CEO said and really impressed with the numbers that you have achieved at XYZ organization. Right. So that has worked a lot for us. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. You know, I, I think about, um, you know, conversion rates on uh, generic emails versus personalized emails. And it, according to my data, uh, I see at least a 10 to 20 X increase if there is personalization, if you actually take the yeah. time to to communicate with someone instead of sending a generic message. The, the irony with this is that if you look, if you think about the numbers, if you send an email out to a thousand people, you know, that's generic, you, you might be lucky to get a 1% click through rate. You know, you might be lucky to do that if these are just extremely cold emails. Whereas if you send a hundred emails, you might expect to get a 10% conversion rate or a response rate at least. 10% over 1%, but all that's required is to put the personalization in and to put the research in. So it's very easy to burn through emails if you're just emailing people. It's very easy. And most importantly, you damage the brand. You damage your goodwill, exactly. you know? 
And that's something okay. that I'd like to hear from you about of what, it, what are the risks of being lazy within outbound sales? Uh, yeah, that's a good example, as you said, right? Either you're burning through the leads or you're working on quality versus quantity. Obviously, you're, you're obviously ruining your domain, your credibility, your brand, you're just spamming people, right? So that, that's, I mean, there are teams who still wants to do it based on the kind of your annual contract values, the amount of leads that you have. It still might make sense for a few companies. Uh, but not definitely in this age of sales and B2B space and all that stuff. You definitely don't want to uh, go after that many leads. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Now, what are some of the, uh, you know, our inboxes are absolutely full. Okay. We are, you know, since I've been on this, in this conversation with you, I've probably received, you know, four emails and <laughs> three of which are for sales, sales offers. Okay. So I don't know what I did in my past life to get my email out there on the internet and to get populate some, <laughs> some, <laughs> something, but, uh, whatever the case may be, you know, a lot of those emails, the vast majority of those emails, they, they just, they go, they, they go ignored on my part. Yeah. Now it's not because I mean, it's not because I don't care about people. It's just that it's, it's just noise for me. It's hard for me to even, you know, connect the dots on those. Um, whereas every once in a while, I'll get an email from someone and they'll have a simple question. They'll just ask me something or they'll make a recommendation or they'll just provide value without without offering anything, selling anything. It's saying, hey, just so you know, uh, you know, XYZ video on your YouTube channel was really great. You know, have you considered doing this or feedback on a podcast? Those people, I'll always respond to them because they're just reaching out. And I think that that initial touch point is where a lot of relationships can begin because it's non-threatening and it's non-salesy. You know, I think about the goal of a salesperson. It really varies. For an appointment setter, it's to get bookings. For the person that is in charge of closing a deal, it's revenue. Now, if we, if salespeople, we as salespeople, if we're just focused on what our goal is, is to, just to get that meeting, is to get that sale. It disallows us from creating that relationship with the person, for actually opening up a healthy, you know, organic, authentic connection with someone. And it's simply because we want to accomplish our goals. So how, how can we take a step back from the immediate goal, knowing that it's people that we're selling to, which is exactly what you say on your LinkedIn profile. It's people that we buy from and people that we sell to. Um, how can we make this whole process more human? Uh, yeah, so it, it still makes sense. Uh, you don't really have to go through the long process. It's a long process, obviously, if you're just adding value over the time and then bringing in the sales thing, right? It it really up to what your targets are, like what your ACVs are, how big is your team, how small is the team and all that stuff. But still, people do appreciate if you use that five-liner three lines about them and probably ask one question at the end. Hey, do you use any sequencing tool for your sales or do you at least do outbound at all, right? So if you make majority of the content about them and add one question at the end, which would lead to the discussion, people still appreciate that, right? Mm. The other way around, if you're going after a really big accounts, probably you have the time and energy to 
make everything about them in the initial conversations and slowly get into uh, what you want to know from them, like questions about sales tools or anything. Mm. So I think that that's, that's pretty groundbreaking because most of the emails that I get are three to 17 lines mm-hmm. about the vendor and what they yep. are doing. And it's not about me. And, you know, I, I don't want to sound egocentric or like, I just want to toot my own horror, just learn stuff about me. But what I do want to do is to know that a person actually genuinely understands, has taken the time to understand who I am and maybe some of the problems that I'm trying to solve. So I really like your format, you know, three to four lines. This is short. This is a four to five sentence email, three to four lines about them and one question at the end. Now, talk to me about what those three lines about them could be. You you mentioned a couple of things, maybe stuff that you pull as recommendations from their LinkedIn. Um, give us some more I- ideas there. Yeah, so if you look at your whole sales process or the sequence, right? Your your first two touches always should be more about them and maybe let's say you're going after email and a LinkedIn touch point as a step two, right? Right. So e- your email should be literally they should be able to just read it on your iPhone screen, right? Hmm. And it should be that short. And when you talk about what to include in that personalization, you can always look at their LinkedIn profiles. Someone might be having a funny description on their LinkedIn, right? So someone say that I'm a Batman of sales or something else, right? So which gives you a sense that what kind of movies they like. And if they talk about uh, a game, you know what they like about or some kind of an achievements that they did. Maybe probably they are part of a presidential club or they have overshoot their quotas in the last one quarter, right? So anything that brings joy to them or anything that reminds them some good stuff in their life, these are all your options. And unless your prospect is not really active on LinkedIn, you should be able to find at least two or three elements of that personalization. Mm-hmm. And you, out of two and three, pick the best one and put it in your step one. Nice. Yeah. And now what about the question at the end? What, what are the questions? How do, we, how do we address, how do we be empathetic how do we show compassion, show understanding, show that we understand a potential pain point, and then also preface some sort of a solution that we can offer? Exactly. So that's a little tricky part. And if you can combine or if you can make if, if you can make it that your personalization and your question are relevant, then the chances are high that you get a response and you don't still sound like salesy, mm-hmm. even with one question. For example, that this guy had uh, so much of a response rate on an email. So I I just gave a demo where this guy's profile says that he has got 21% of conversions on uh, the partnership channel uh, outbound sales, for example. That's very specific. He's working on bringing partnerships to the company and he got 21% response. So you can simply ask a question. Hey, were you doing multi-channel or how did you get the 21%? This is insane in a partnerships in general or you can talk about the sales cycle or anything, right? You don't you don't exactly ask them a question, which is like exactly this is the pain point that we solve with our tool, but ask them something relevant, which still makes sense to the personalization, right? Mm. Yeah, that's that's the best option. And we, we do it all the time and people appreciate that. Yeah. Now let's talk about subject lines a little bit. I I woke up in the middle of the night last night with a subject line idea. 
and I can't remember what it was, but I have to tell you that when I woke up, I thought it was the best subject line ever written. I just have to remember what it was. So I, I think about subject lines a lot. We A-B test these like crazy. Sometimes we put emojis. Sometimes we put the word video. Sometimes we put the person's name, you know, first name. Uh, sometimes we make them short. Sometimes we make them long. Uh, what is your take? Give us your best advice on subject lines. Uh, we did a lot of tests on the subject line and even with the millions of emails that we send with the customers. And one thing that personal to me or my team, we always try to put the first name of the person in the email, mm -hmm. which is like very personalized and maybe not many people do that. And even if many people do that, what comes after the first name, right? So after the first name, we don't try to talk about either our company solution or their company or their solution. We always talk about something about them, mm. right? So if you put about some kind of a game or a movie, my subject line would be something similar or relevant to that particular context, right? And then my personalization would carry forward that conversation mm. for the first two, three lines. And then the question, if it is relevant or Wait, even I, if it is I, not Sorry relevant. to cut you off. I want to understand what you just said. That was really interesting. So you said something about a movie. Can you explain that again? Yeah. So whatever the personalization that I would find, right? So uh -huh. if I find two, three elements on your LinkedIn or your company or your Twitter, whatever it is, and I would try to use that as a personalization in the subject ah, as well. Got it. So an interest, a hobby, something like this. Exactly, exactly. So those are the things will differentiate from all the sales emails, subjects that you see, and that gets the open rates. Got it. Okay, that makes total sense. Adding now that that is a level of personal personalization that I think more people need to do is is to put the subject line hyper personalized for them, you know? Yep, exactly. Um, understand subject line is the entry point. Yeah, subject line is the entry point. So you know, in, in email marketing and outbound, there's there's a couple of goals, right? I think about outbound uh, outbound efforts as micro funnels. Every single channel, every single aspect of the effort is, is an opportunity, is a micro campaign. So the first time is the email that gets sent out. Your first goal is to get them to read the subject line. Then once they read the subject, subject line, then the choose your own adventure game starts. The next thing is for them to open the email. And then yeah. once they've read the body of the email and they feel compelled or inspired, you know, we shameless plug, we are dub, we are a video communication platform. People send video emails all the time. So we always recommend that because it boosts lift. But the the next step is to get them to click on the email. All right. There's a yeah. landing page, there's a booking link, there's something that they need to click on, maybe a video that they can watch. That's the next campaign. Get them to click on that link. And then they go yeah. to a landing page or a video page. And now the next thing is for them to consume the content on that page, watch the video, go through it. And then the next thing for them to do is to respond to the email or to fill out a form, do some sort of an engagement. I have learned what's really worked for me is that when I look at every single one of those steps within the funnel individually, I, I lift the campaigns dramatically because I'm just more mindful and I'm not thinking about the final outcome. I'm thinking about each individual outcome that drives to a larger outcome. Exactly. What's your, what's your take on that? 
Yeah, so that's a good format you said, right? And remember, most of the email clients, it's not just the subject, but your prospect can read the first line of your body as well, right? Mm -hmm. And once you see the subject, the first line of the body combined together, they'll make a decision whether to open your email or not. Mm. And then your, your first aim is to get them to read that first line. And that first line should make them read the second line. And then comes your landing pages or videos. But generally what we do and we suggest our customers or anyone that asks for the advice is we, we have to make it very as frictionless as possible in your initial conversations, mm. be it email or LinkedIn connections. Don't expect people to click on a link and watch some, some kind of a page or a video or something because it's just the starting point of your conversations, right? And they don't even know what kind of link it is, right? But obviously, once you have that initial conversation and if you can kind of send an embedded video with your face and saying hi, holding up some kind of a badge or something, it, it makes sense for them to watch now because now they know that you've spent enough time to learn about them, or their problems or their achievements and all that. It, it makes sense for them to now go a little bit extra mile and then probably watch the video that you've sent. Mm. Yeah. And do you have a sub, do you have a subject line? I'm always curious to ask stuff like this. You have access to a tremendous amount of data. You know, is, are there any trends that you can share with us? Things that just work when it, whether it comes to keywords to include into subject lines, you know, uh, or things to include in the body of an email, so on and so forth. Oh yeah. So subject lines, uh, as I said, we always start either we prefix or blind of postfix the first names and then no subject line is similar in our case that's why we try to use personalization because no no two prospects will have the same personalization and this will improve your open rates your deliverability rates your uh I mean, so the spam filtering and all that stuff works on that the subject line is really key and when it comes to the body you should always keep it very short and the long first time long emails to a new domain are always suspicious Right, so suspicious for both prospects, their email servers, the security lines on their email servers, and everything is difficult, right? So that's why we always keep it very short. And then the second touch point that you do should always be some kind of a non-email touch, right? So either you send them a LinkedIn message or you send them a video on LinkedIn where there are no spam filters, right? So you can try all the other things on non-email, but when it comes to email, your main aim is to get delivered in the inbox first mm -hmm. and then get the open and then the get and get the response maybe, right? Yeah. So the video video is working really well for us, yeah, be it in emails or the LinkedIn messages as well. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big time we're investing on the video at this moment. And then phone calls, emails, and then we also use text a lot. We don't do it for outbound prospects until they become warm. But for the inbound leads, we always put uh, automated text as part of our sequence. And, and it why? Gives us, mm -hmm. Yeah, and it gives us huge amount of response rates and we literally send payment links also in the text message and we have closed a good handful of leads on that. Now, you mentioned that you don't use SMS for cold uh cold leads why is that just a bad response rate or what would you say yeah so there are there are two reasons one you're not sure whether that phone number is correct or not because all these phone numbers we get from a variety of tools the data points right and 
no tool is accurate right so no one gives you the accurate data so unless you make a call connect or drop a voicemail whatever it is you are not sure whether that phone number is correct or not and then yeah i mean to me personally or even when i am talking to a lot of customers also a text on outbound is little bit uh, it's kind of an aggressive mode yeah uh, to do right so until they become warm once they give you a response once they show some kind of an interest in learning more about you and your solution then they don't mind receiving a text message you're no stranger to them now yeah that makes sense to me uh, you know i think that we really have to verify information i think this is a really big part of what we do um one of the tools that we have been using lately to to clear out uh or i should say to check the um the quality of emails before we do any type of email outbound even if it's an inbound effort we always clean our emails you know we try to make sure that they're not undeliverable that there are no bounced emails you know they're do on good domains so the tool that we've been using is clear out mm -hmm. and the thing about clear out is that i think it's clearout.io and and what's really interesting about this tool is that you can import a list of emails and then it tells you which emails are catch-all emails, bounced emails, undeliverable, mail or deep daemon, so on and so forth. And that way you can just clean out your email list. Uh, here's, here's why that's extremely important. If Now HubSpot has a really great feature for this. It's called exclude unengaged emails from campaign. Okay, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when they launched this feature a, a long time ago, I remember I had a light bulb moment. And I realized that what they're what they're doing is they're making it so that the the statistics of the email campaigns are healthy or good. Imagine if you're sending an email campaign out to a thousand people, three hundred of which are bad emails, and your yeah. click rate shows up at five percent. All of a sudden, if you remove those unengaged three hundred people, you can increase your click through rate by thirty percent. Right. And that's oh, yeah. that's pretty significant. You can get your click the rate to six, seven, you know, maybe even higher percentage points. Right. And I think that that's really interesting. But it, it comes down to just doing the maintenance and cleaning your email lists and not when you if you send an email campaign out and then you go to your email inbox and you see undeliverable and bounced, <laughs> you know, a bunch of times. That's that's a terrible practice. Yeah. That's like weeds growing in your garden. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, what What are some things that you might recommend to us uh, to just maintain our our garden, if you will? Oh yeah. So there are a lot of tools like ClearOut. Uh, I've never used them, but I heard of them. Uh, but obviously, there are a lot of tools which obviously connects with your CRM and cleans your data, connects with uh, your sales engagements like Outplay and clean your data, right? Or you can, I mean, there are a lot of extensions that I've heard of where you can just connect with your Google Sheets and then clean your data there. But it's really important to clean out your emails data. And yeah, for phone numbers, unfortunately, we don't have anything uh, mm -hmm. like that, which is kind of, I would love to use one if there is one. Uh, but yeah, unless you make a phone call and then you figure out whether it's a office line, a home line, or a voicemail and all that stuff, your inbox is full, a lot of, variety of observations that we do with the full calling right uh, but since there is an option yes cleaning out your data keeping your domain healthy and keeping your metrics healthy it's a really important point nice and doing a b testing is always good i don't see a lot of sales teams still doing that uh, I, I don't know it, it could be because of the laziness to write a lot of templates and all that stuff 
but i would recommend all the sales people to vigorously do ab testing it's like we find our sequences which starts from a b c d up to m n o p also we have sequences <laughs> yeah yeah that it helps so you in a lot of ways it helps you with find the right subject lines right call to actions and also helps you that when you're reaching out to more than 200 or 100 people every day it's literally that you're not sending same template to all 200 people if you have five ab test variants you're sending out to five into 20 templates mm. which also helps you with the spam filtering uh, the better open rates response rates and all that so in all the grounds ab testing is really key thing so important so glad you mentioned that uh where can people find more information about outplay about you linkedin social handles Uh yeah so we have a lot of information going on on LinkedIn we are very active we run different kinds of hashtags like uh, BDR experiments is one hashtag whatever that works for our team we literally very transparent and put all the metrics all the processes how we do it including ab testing the videos stuff uh and we we have another sequence called the wrong person sequence and that's really working for us but we have put everything open on LinkedIn for other people to learn Nice man. And then uh, how can uh, people connect with you on LinkedIn? Uh so th they can go just go and search for Outplay. We are a very small team. We are 15 people and then you can just go and you will see my uh, name on the phone. Uh I mean the photo, but you can just search for my name, Lakshman Papneeni. Uh you'll get me there. Awesome. So I will be sharing that in the show notes. Uh here is the URL. Exactly, uh, you got it. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Um stick around and I'll share some notes with you. Oh yeah, sure. Thanks Ruben. Thanks for having me on show. Likewise.